All right, the Daily Autism Radio Show is back on the air for another week. It is Mark and Melissa, dailyautism.com. That is how you can find out all about us, our platform that is dedicated to families of autism, specifically the parents uh, of autism. We are three years in to an autism diagnosis, right, for our son? Yes, which seems like a lifetime. And sometimes it feels like one day. Yes, because we're still learning. Yeah. (laughs) I, I saw somebody the other day, and they were like, yeah, you know, um, I think there was someone was 15, he said, and um, he's like, I go back and look at what we were going through when he was diagnosed. He didn't say how old the child was when he was diagnosed, and he goes, life looks nothing like it did, like nothing. It's totally different. That's how I feel right now. I know. I think it's going to, I think it, from what I hear and, and research, it's going to change like every year. It almost changes quarterly, like the the... Just the effects, you know, and and also the kids, you know, think about just a a neurotypical kid who's growing up and think of the change from a child from two to four, four to six, you know, six to eight, eight to 12. Yeah. That alone is like, whoa, you know, is big. But then you have the autism component. It just adds so much to it. Yeah, and I just did a post this week about me crying and because um, it's been a very rough week with him and therapy. And our big thing was when he turned five and somebody wrote that. They were like, oh, when my child was two, three, four, it was so easy. And then now they're dealing with all these challenges at five years old. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it really is kind of like because people say, oh, well, you know, the terrible twos or the terrible threes, whatever. But when you experience that in a six-year-old's body, it's because terrible twos, terrible threes, you know, the, the the child can only do so much. Right. They're, they're only so strong. They're only so big. They're only so fast. But put that, you know, emotional environment in a six or seven year old's body, which is kind of like Cal, that's that he's about three years behind developmentally. But you, you have the strength, you know, you have the that the speed and it's it's, you know, I saw some the other day, right? It's terrible twos on steroids. It really is. Yeah, so we're experiencing the terrible threes with Cal right now, but he's so strong, and you look at him as a six-year-old, and people expect him to be a six-year-old, and I'm, I'm like, he is three. I treat him like his developmental age. He's three, okay? Yeah. Like, don't expect all this hmm. from, from who you think he is as a six-year-old, because that's not how it is. Yeah, and it's true. It's like you, you can't, even though it looks like, this is why sometimes a lot of families of autism get jammed up in public, because, you know, it's like, well, why are you treating your kid like that? He's obviously six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's like, no, developmentally, you know, I know that it looks like that physically, but emotionally, the child might be one, two, or three. Would you hold your one, two, or three-year-old to the standards of a 10-year-old? No. That, right. That would be like the worst childhood ever. You right, know, You exactly. know what I mean? And, and flip the script, you know, would you, so developmentally when he's six or seven, would you treat him like a one, two, or three-year-old? No, you shouldn't do that either. Because I do see a lot of that also online where people go, hey, you also have to adjust your parenting as developmentally they're growing too. Right. And I think that's probably a good point where a lot of people don't talk about enough is that you, parents can also get stuck in you know a way of parenting autistic kids, whereas it's like, you've been doing this for two or three years, but your child has developed. So you have to go up. You, know, you right. have to go up when they went up. But I, I get it, if, especially if you find something that, that works and the kid's happy with, you're like, I'm never changing. Like, I'm never changing. 
Right. So Cal is, like I said, he's like a three-year-old. So he's he's experiencing terrible threes, but he's also experiencing a three-year-old wanting independence. So he wants to be away from us. Like he doesn't want us in the same room. He wants to be in his room alone. So I've been allowing him to go in there and just keep checking him. You know, I'm giving him a little bit of independence at home in a safe environment. But like I said, I keep checking him. But even as far as potty training goes, um, he's still working on that with therapists. But at home, I mean, this sounds weird, but he's like doing like a three year old would do where they pull out their pants, pull down their pants and pee. He peed on his bed twice last night. (laughs) Yeah. Not like in bed, sleeping and wet the bed. No. Intentionally, you know peed like but, thought it was the urinal right yeah. and that's what like little boys three years old do right they just pull it out and pee sure so uh, that actually makes me feel a little bit better that developmentally he's starting to change but we are starting to change a little bit with that too because like you said we have to keep realizing oh he's growing he's changing let's change along with him yeah and there's good and bad you know but but if you if you uh, like we're out in public and if you saw the way that we handle him and he handles himself and just how we kind of function you would be like What's wrong with those people? That kid's obviously, you know, older than five. Why are they doing that? Well, that's just part of it. That's what you have to do to keep him in sync with developmentally being, you know, two and a half, three, three and a half. And so th- that's the part I think of, of autism when people go, you know, autism acceptance. You know, you see the hashtag everywhere. And, and the reality is it's, it's fine. It's a feel good saying. But it's a lot of window dressing. Like, like you can't expect society to just look over and go, oh, okay. But, but people just aren't going to do that. And that's, I mean, it's not good, but you got to be realistic. People are going to look. They're going to point. They're going to say, oh, that's a video game kid. Oh, that's a kid who's a, who, you know, always got his way or whatever, which is totally ridiculous. Right. But, you know, when you go out in public, and we've said it before, you just kind of got to let go and do your thing, you know, because... He's, you know, that's the funny thing, like with a lot of these young autistic kids, they could care less what the, the reaction is from other people. They don't, they're not even aware. They have no idea. They don't care. They, it make, has no effect on them. I'm like, well, we should be the same way, you know, like we should just be the same way because, you know, it's happening, but you know, do your thing and do what's best for your kid and your family. And just don't worry. Don't just don't even, I shouldn't even say don't worry. Just don't even be enough aware enough to worry. Right. We were leaving a therapy center earlier in the week and he was starting to have a meltdown and he lifted his hands up like a little boy, a little three year old would and said, hold me. And because he was about to have a meltdown, I picked him up and held his 60 pound body Mm. and I carried him all the way to the elevator, all the way downstairs, all the way to my car. I mean, my back is feeling it. (laughs) But he I mean, to all the people around me, they're like this woman who's five one is carrying this gigantic kid. But I had to get him to the car, you know, so you do what you have to do. And I don't know where this mom power comes in, but it does. And it's like, (laughs) I'm Hulk. Well, yeah. Imagine, you know, carrying a 60 pound bag of rocks, carrying it around. And you can't let it go until you get to your destination. It's, you know, that's a, that's a better workout than most people get on a daily basis. Just carrying around 60 pounds. I know. Um, You know, and it's not always the easiest 60 pounds. Sometimes he's, you know, kind of fighting back a little bit. Um but yeah, it's it, it it's one of those things where, you know, it always changes. You know, I think we talked about last week a little bit, you know, and people were asking me on social media, you know, what level was he diagnosed at? And I said, well, two, but he visits three and he visits one. He's one of those kids that kind of can really change in a hurry. And he does it multiple times a day. There's plenty of times when he'll walk out of his room and go, hi, good morning. I'd like pancakes, please. And I'm yes. like, all right, well, that's that's a that's a five year old. 
that's a five-year-old. Right. That's, you know, that that is all of our kids at five walked out and said, hi, good morning, I'm hungry, make me something. Please. You know, I mean, that's fine. But 10 minutes later, uh, things could be like drastically different. And right. so that's, you know, that could be visiting level one or level two. And that's just, you know, the average is always level two, at least for now. But um, the being able to skip around the different levels of autism, and that's not something we made up, by the way. I mean, that is... Um, something the doctors and, and the developmental, um, you know, therapists and pediatricians and stuff, that's their science, if you will. Um, I think the level thing is strange. Like, it's hard for me to really, how do they figure that out? I don't know. Um, you know more about that than I do, but um, I think it's a little weird. Yeah. So he, we've talked about it before. He's level two. He's not functioning and he's not severe. And with him right now, his functioning is like he can communicate. He, he's verbal and he can communicate, but at the same time with him communicating, he can't communicate how he's feeling. Yeah. He can't say I'm frustrated. You kind of have to walk him through that. Um, so then his severe side is his head banging, his behaviors, his biting. He actually just got his helmet this week. Um, so that's been helpful. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be helpful. You're always more uh, hopeful, you know, when you get something like that. He he didn't hate it. That's good. Because I thought to myself the reaction would be like, no way. And that's he says that all the time. No way. And he means it. Right. Like, if you know, if we say, hey, we're going to do something, no way. Well, we're just not going to do it. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) because... Exactly. I know what no way means. And I'm like, yep, no way. I mean... It could be a trip, seven days uh, round trip. We're going to the islands, and if he says no way, well, we're canceling it. I mean, we're just not doing it. So yeah, I can't even imagine that. But no. um, <laughs> so can, he's no. That's all we can do is imagine it. <laughs> it's well, just, yeah, that's it's never going to happen. But we can absolutely imagine it. So the hard thing with him right now is his communication is going up and increasing, and then his self injuring behavior is also going up. So for professionals looking at this, they are not trained to see both. They're not. It's not in their book for both sides to go up at the same time. So typically with when communication goes up, the self-injuring behavior goes down. But because he's so unique, they don't know what to do. They do not know what to do. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's almost interesting to have a situation where nobody knows what to do because you almost feel like you have time to catch up. You know, because a lot of times I felt like they would come in and, you know, they would do their data and their research and everything. And it's all really it's beneficial. I mean, overall, his therapists have helped him a lot. But it is somewhat, I don't know, when they're like, you know, we're kind of at a crossroads here. We're trying to figure this out. And I'm like, oh, good. So now we have something in common. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Now you know that, you know, when you all leave, you know, it's not like we're not doing things that that, that you guys work on. That's all we do is we work on what we're supposed to be working on. And yeah, you do hit these crossroads of it's like, wow. I mean, it is truly three steps forward. But then you say to yourself, all right, well, how many steps back this week? Sometimes none. Sometimes it's like six. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at the end of the week, I mean, it's like anything else. It's kind of like running a business at the end of the week. Were you, were you net negative, net neutral, or net positive? And it's the same thing with functionality and autism. You know, you just at the end of the I, I kind of do it by week, but you could do it by day, whatever. And you just say, where are we? What's happened? What changed? You know, and all kind of things can affect, you know, we call about the change. It just could be, you know, what, what was school off for a week? Was the weather, um, you know, drastically different? Were siblings away at, at sleepovers at other friends? Um, was there a certain food that we didn't have that he, you know, I mean, it's like all those things. 
you know, all those things. It, it, it's, it's all part of the recipe of how the week's going to go. And it all builds up, you know, it's, it's, you kind of can almost feel it coming. Yeah. So he, I do feel like he's getting to like the higher three-year-old level. Um, he just, he recently started with a new OT, which is occupational therapy, and he's never had a good occupational therapist. Cal's always struggled with playing. Yeah. Explain so, to people like what occupational therapist, cause you hear it a lot. I feel like a lot of people are like, but what do they do? A, a typical occupational therapist that works with typical kids works on like um, finger gripping and stuff, like how to hold a pencil, how to how hold to your use fork. Yes, yeah. how to use your fingers, which yeah. is so important. Yeah, it's the fine motor skills. It, you know what it is? It's the little things that we do every day. You you think about occupation to, to have an occupation. You need occupational function. You well, know what you're I mean? moving your hand right now, like just putting I, your I pointer finger. I know using your pointer finger and your thumb and putting it together. Unlocking you know? a door, starting a car, uh, like grabbing a bead off the floor. Yep. You know, like all that. It, it's putting putting the little thing into your phone charger yes. and then connecting it to your phone. I mean, people don't realize like occupational therapy and by the way a lot of neurotypical kids get this a lot of typical kids get this oh yeah they get to the point where they're like three years old and their parents are like gosh they're having a hard time gripping they can't you know i think they talked a lot about one of the first signs is like kids who can't pull their zipper up oh yeah you know because it's like grabbing that little piece of metal and then you know using your so that's those are the fine motor skills that without those in life take autism aside yeah. Without that in life, you're going to struggle big time. Well, and as you said, zipper, like, I don't know that Cal can button a shirt right now. Yeah, we haven't gotten one. to that point yet. Tying a shoe. Right. Because holding the shoelaces in place while you wrap the other one around. Yeah, it's everywhere. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and that's the thing. Like, autism, it always goes back to, like, the foundational building blocks. And those are the problems, you know. And, and typically, that's when you see parents get concerned. You know, it's like, why is my, why is my kid sitting like this? Why is my kid not playing why is, you know what I mean? It's, it's things like that where they go, that's, that's weird. That's different. You know, our other kids didn't do that. Our, our, my uh, sister's kids, they don't do that. You know, it's, and it starts out with those little things. Well, and as you're saying that a lot of like one thing he did at the beginning was W sitting. Yeah. W where it's sitting, like yeah. your feet, your feet go out. Yeah. Um, um, you're, so, you're, and you're kind of like, sitting on your legs with your knees in front of you, but with your calves to the side of you. I mean, and basically feet, it's making yeah. a W. Yeah. So that's like something that they say early on, like fix the W sitting, which is so important with autism too, because it, it matters with your core. Yeah. And that W sitting has to do, I mean, it changes everything. Anyways, back to play. Um, he always struggled with playing. So we've had play therapy and all that, but then we had a bin full of toys and he got away from it. Like he didn't want to play with his toys. So we took it away and he only did like his Play-Doh and stuff, like fine motor skills. Now, recently with OT, they brought in like a barn and animals and the occupational therapist was playing with the animals with him, teaching him how to take turns because there's something called parallel play where it's like two kids are playing like like parallel and they're not playing together. And he's always parallel played. So she was playing with him and interacting and he started to do it. And I'm like, oh, we need to go back to this. So now we're back to I'm like, I need to get a barn. You know, I need to add in those animals so he can start playing at home. Yeah. And get away from just playing with play. That's why Lego therapy became so popular, because you could have kids could play together, but they can have their own Lego sets while they're doing it. Yeah, that's good. That's how Lego therapy started. It's like, because you want the kids playing with other kids, but a lot of these young autistic kids won't play necessarily. They don't have the same play goals, uh, you know, together. 
but you can put them together with different Lego sets and they'll sit next to each other and do their own. And so yeah. that's that's how Lego therapy got so popular. It's a big thing now, Lego therapy. There's a lot of these um, uh, therapists that are incorporating it and stuff like that. And I did some research the other day. It's cool. They actually now finally make giant Legos because it's a massive choking hazard for a lot of these kids. And like Cal, you know, he's got pica, so everything goes into the mouth. Legos? No way. That's way too scary. But they make the big Lego blocks now. And um, so it's it's... Well, not like the giant ones that are like as big as your head. That, that that doesn't really help the fine motor skills. Yeah. But they're a little bit bigger than the normal Legos, so they're not a choking hazard. So He would probably like to build. I just because of the choking hazard, I've stayed away from it. Yeah, it's uh, we did do it at once, but we remember we noticed everything went into the mouth. I remember at one point like we had a bunch of Lego sets and finally it was like I remember like walking around the house. This was a couple of years ago and I'm like is something in your mouth and he opened it and there were two Legos in it and I'm like uh, okay. Cause you can't just freak out and go spit those out. You know, no, you, he'll just keep it in then. Yeah. So I was like, Hey, you know, put that in my hand. Let me see. And then, you know, if you make it seem like he's a part of the plot, right. Then he'll go along with that. If you make it seem like he's doing something wrong, he's going to go, Oh, now I'm getting this attention. I'll just keep doing it real quick. Our title sponsor is warriormom.org. That is Tracy Slepsevic. Her book is Warrior Mom, which you can get again at warriormom.org. I want to focus on this huge event for autism parents, autism families. This is really going to be the best event of 2024, kicking off the new year. It is the Autism Health Summit. Dozens of speakers, researchers, doctors, just people associated in general with autism and being a family of autism. You can go to autismhealth.com to get your tickets. It is at a awesome resort in San Antonio, Texas. It's going to be a great weekend. They have so many different events and Tracy's really putting a different spin on a summit. It's not this typical where you go and somebody talks, then you have a breakout room. This is like a collaborative. Um, everybody's together. Um, I, I just, the way she's laid this out, it just looks fun. So many of these conferences and summits, you know, conferences have been around forever and they just, there sort of was this system and then everybody just ran the system. And the last several ones I've been to, I've just been like, eh, gosh, another conference. It's just kind of boring. It's the same thing. No, this is modern. It's fun. It's upbeat. Uh, AutismHealth.com for tickets. And two, if you're also interested in becoming a sponsor and showcasing your products and services to the families of autism, you can do that as well. AutismHealth.com. We are looking forward to that. Did you want to add to Autism Play, Legos? I felt like you had something to say. No, I'm just happy that we're to the point of like starting to see a change. Like that's very important with his development. It's like, okay, we're at this three-year-old age, but it's going, it's moving up, yeah. you know? It, it is. I, I was bummed out about the helmet thing because I just wanted to not do that. But then I kind of told myself, along with entering the helmet stage, we've also entered some other really good stages. Yeah. And like the uh, the therapy center, the therapists were saying, Yes, some of the self-injuring behavior, some of the anger has increased. But interestingly enough, the other things we want to see increase have also increased because that's not really always the case. You can you can have an increase in those behaviors, which are which are negative, which are bad, dangerous. Um, and then usually the positive will decrease. And right. I think that's obviously when a lot of the parents get frustrated because they're like, first off, when will this regression end? And number two, will it end? And yeah. so and that is scary. I mean, that, that, that's scary. You, you, 
we have seen her talk to people where there was a massive regression. A child didn't talk for weeks or months. Yeah, that's scary. Um, you know, or or just didn't acknowledge anybody in their family anymore. You know, I I mean, so it's scary stuff. And you know, you think about like I don't know how to I don't know what the how what the comparative is, but when you invest so much, just so much, like I don't mean like you know nine to five, like a business investing. No, that's not it. Like when you invest just every emotion you have all day, every day, when it's the last thing you think about when you go to bed, first thing you think about when you wake up, man, there's a lot on the line, you know? And so when you, when you experience or you even get nervous about a massive regression, like it's, it's like taking a sledgehammer to the chest, Yeah. you know? And then you think about your other kids and how's that going to affect them and everything like that. So I think, yeah, it's kind of like being frustrated at the negative stuff, the dangerous stuff that's increasing, but then going, okay, but we're getting somewhere with the other things too, you know? Yeah. And I think his biggest thing now is just learning how to communicate because our thing with him is if he's getting frustrated, it's getting him to say like, Cal, why are you mad? I am mad because, and then he fills in the blank, but he doesn't know how to just say, I'm mad because of this. Like you have to do the baby steps, you know? Yeah. I, I, I hear a lot now from him, and it is a good it's a step in the right direction because they say a lot of kids struggle with this, is being able to tell people, not being asked, just how you're feeling. He will say a lot now, I am so happy. Yeah. But we didn't ask. Right. You know, or I think it was maybe yesterday, he came around the corner and he goes, I'm so sad. I am just so sad. And... Then you ask why and he'll tell you and it's like, okay, you know, like that's a big step because we used to have to ask, tell me how you're feeling. Tell me why, you know, now I'm seeing a lot more of just him coming up and telling you how he feels. The important part about that is because, well, obviously, you know, when he says he's happy or he's, or he's excited or whatever, then you feel good. Right. When he's sad or mad, then you can start making adjustments to whatever's going on because you want to avoid that big meltdown. So it's, it's basically like the two minute warning, right? It's like. I'm sad. I'm mad. Something's about to happen. Maybe two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just, Maybe 30 seconds. I was just doing the football terminology, no, the two minute warning. But yeah, no, it's, it's, but, but so no. So that gives you some, some, some time, you right. know, it gives you some time to kind of go, okay, what's he doing right now? That could be associating uh, this. What's on his iPad. Have the siblings started to, you know, cause sometimes like our kids, you know, for whatever reason, some random football game will break out in our living room. Right. Right. And so because that's what kids do. But sometimes it's just too much for him. You know, other times, though, and this is kind of where it gets, you know, a little wild. This happened last weekend, weekend before. He said he wanted the kids to start wrestling each other. But he was it was basically like Fight Club. But he was assigning the fights he was picking the (laughs) cord, you know, what I mean, the card. So he was like Charlie and Tyler wrestle and he would go, go. And they were sort of looking at each other and then he was starting to get angry. Like he said to Russell, so, you know, we've got these big crash mats. So it's like, <laughs> and then whenever he's done, he would say stop. And, they would say, and then he would assign the other match to somebody else. And it's, I know that sounds like fun and da, 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 da. But after a while, the kids are getting tired. They're like, okay, Cal, like we're done. No, 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 no. Wrestle now. You know? so, right. Yeah. He so, gets mad. But other times they'll just do that amongst themselves. And it's just a little too much for him. You know, if he's like going on his um, digital safaris, identifying all these animals and whether they're extinct or not. And somebody, you know, starts breaking out, throwing the football around the living room. He doesn't want that because he, he wants to be focused on his animals and the safari that's on his screen. Right. So 
those are just, I don't know. It's funny I'm laughing about it now because while sometimes this is happening, I'm just like, my blood's boiling, you know, because you're like, gosh, what's going to happen next? You know, but. I know. I mean, the the stress of this is uh, definitely takes a toll on you, you know. Yeah. I mean, I hold it together most times, but then all of a sudden I break out in tears. Well, you have to dump the wheelbarrow. (laughs) Yeah, you have to dump the wheelbarrow. I mean, you do because what happened, you know, either you control how you want to dump the wheelbarrow or the wheelbarrow is going to get so heavy that you're going to dump it in the middle of the road and you're just not going to be, oh, you know, dump it in a place you don't want to dump it. Right. So at some point you just have to say, listen, my wheelbarrow is half full and today that's enough. I'm dumping it. Other days you can, you can fill it up a little more, but you know, I've always said if, 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 if you don't protect yourself, who's going to protect the kids? Yeah, I feel a lot better. Yeah, you don't take I care mean, of yourself, who's going to take care of the kids? I mean, that's just, you know, that's just the, the, the deal. And it's hard because, well, it's hard for a lot of reasons and a lot of obvious reasons. Part of the, the number one thing people don't talk about is the buildup effect of, I mean, we've handled every situation individually, Every so well, I shouldn't even say that, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of situations, you know, I'm sure there's more coming down the pike. The problem is, is the cumulative effect. What does that do over the years? What is, I mean, I'm interested to know what does that do on like a cellular level in your body? What organs are being affected when these adrenaline rushes, com- you know, when adrenaline continues to wash through your body? Yeah. That's got to be secreting some type of chemical effect where after a while your body's like, okay, like we're 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 tired of being amped up. We can't even get amped up anymore. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you're talking about us as parents. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. I don't. I can't yeah. worry about that right now. <laughs> well, I, I worry about it though. For I mean, not that there's anything we can do about it, but as far as science goes, um, or whatever the word is now, the problem is there's so many buzzwords right now, and it's usually just companies making money. Um, and there's all these special days, you know, now it's so-and-so day, so-and-so day, but at the end of the day, I'm talking about like real action, but I do wonder what about what is going on in her bodies. Um, and, and I hope down the road, you know, probably for our generation of parents, probably a little late, but you know, for the next generation of parents, like our kids, I hope there's something that, that, that there can be a positive effect of all, you know, let's call it what it is just day to day, massive stress. Yeah. You know, but I separate it from other stress of like a nine to five job. You have you have largely kind of accepted that you're going to participate in that. And that's on you. Right. You know, you've got a tyrant boss. Well, you're participating in that with him. I understand you might need to do that for a couple months while you find another job. But this is different. Right. Right. You know, this is totally different. So I don't know. These are the weird. These are the weird things I think about at night. It's like, you know, what's good? Like, like, how does this affect my pancreas? How does this affect but my, then my you're lungs? Ma- but then you're making it worse. I mean, I'm not making it. Well, I mean, I, I was think doing that to myself, w- and it was like not good. I'm not assuming something negative is going on. I'm I'm wondering what is happening, and is if there's anything I can do. You know, is there something I can eat? Is there a specific workout I I could do? Should I spend more time on the beach? You know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to. I'm wondering, um, kind of just. Yeah. Well, I, I think all those things help. I yeah. mean, I was feeling to the point of stress too, that every day I was waking up feeling these ache and aches and pains and headaches. And I was telling myself, Melissa, this is stress is killing you. You're dying. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, you have to stop telling yourself you're dying. And I feel a lot better. Well, the uh, words and thoughts become not 
not absolute realities because you can you can want to think all day you you know are going to wake up tomorrow and be a billionaire or whatever that's just crazy but you know yeah you do have to stop telling yourselves that yourself yeah. that um my my thought is and what's worked lately is just getting up and getting going don't even let it wash over you don't even have a thought of this could be bad that it's just get up and start the day because listen whatever's coming coming it's coming right and and it, and also, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Something right. great might be coming. Yeah, Don't, you know I mean, what I mean. It's, it's good to have a positive mindset. You yeah, know? I mean, you can you can just assume that something. And by the way, sometimes great things are stressful too. Sometimes you get hit with something so good, and you're like, I really wasn't ready for this. Right. You know, I think a lot of people in their life have been have been like something good happened, and then something else good happened, and then you start worrying about. I mean, I know this happened to me. I mean, could this keep going? Could this keep being so good? And then you start kind of playing defense and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that because things are good and something might happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's it's the six inches between our ears are really wild. Right. So I don't know if I should talk about this and you hate when I say that and you can stop me. But um, now that he's at an age that he's like three and a half, but in a six year old body and the therapists don't know what to do. Now they're starting to ask about medication and medication is something that. Anyone can do at any point in time, but because I feel like he's a three-year-old, I don't want to stop a three-year-old's brain from developing because he's starting to hit these different points as a three-year-old. So I'm like, even though like we're at this hump right now, we have to get over this hump instead of you thinking I have this six-year-old that's out of control. He's really three, you know? Obviously, it's a it's a personal family decision. Um that said, that doesn't, you know, you should still have conversations about it. You know, what you just said, I, I've already, I, I already hear the comeback to that. It doesn't stop the brain from developing. That's what they're going to say. That's not what it, what it is supposed to do. Uh, it's going to numb some of the um, reactions, some of the processes the brain goes through. You know, that's, and, and, and that's fine and, and whatever. Um, but you said something interesting. It's very true. So when you have this autism diagnosis, the door is wide open at any point you want to say, I want to go down the medication route. There will be no pushback. They will absolutely show you the library of medications and what they do and which ones can be mixed. Right. That to me just doesn't land that, that I'm concerned about that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm concerned about... Here is our plethora. Here is our, you know, uh, our brunch, if you will, of of medication, and I'm, we're happy to give it all to you, all of them that can be mixed together. Um, it, and I don't. This isn't just me, you know, just throwing this out there and hail marrying it. It's it's hearing parents say, "We went down that road, and we were really worried that we went too early, and we, and we had to get off it." Um, Look, that stuff's got a place, and it's got a place for for people in certain developmental uh, developmental abilities or regressions. I've I've heard. I think the best stories I've heard about that are are when there's a sincere and significant regression, you know, as, as an able-bodied adult or young adult, where it was like the doctors were like, "Hey, this we're probably at a life or death now. We're probably at somebody's, you know, sixteen or twenty-two. And, you know, you're talking, you know, the, the police have been to the house multiple times. There's been, you know, hours of restraints and things like that. So, look, everybody's different. If you've got a doctor, that's who you should be talking to. If you don't like what your doctor's saying, get another one. 
you know, keep, keep, and, and by the way, it doesn't mean that, that you've got to agree on everything with your doctor, but if you're just like, I, I'm totally appalled at the way this is being presented to me, well, then you should do that. Also, you should have a team of doctors. Shouldn't just be one. Right. There, there, there's, and a team of therapists. Right. And sometimes it's, it's the sum of all perspectives that kind of makes sense to you. It's like, yeah, that makes a little sense. Oh, that doesn't make sense. That makes a little more sense. And then that makes a little less sense. It's like a recipe. You're baking right. something, you know, and and so, um, yeah, well, I, I I I get I get concerned, <clears throat> I get concerned about that, especially with younger younger kids. I mean, kids, just kids. Well, we're the point of like frustration a little bit. Like I said, like he is not like in the textbook of what's going to happen, what you're learning in school. So at the standstill, the therapists are like, "This is really going to make our life easier if you do this," mm-hmm. and I'm like. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And actually, it's not even coming from the doctor. The doctor's not even saying we're at this point. Let's do this. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got to evaluate the what's called the stakeholders. So we've got multiple stakeholders in this situation. The parents, the kid, the therapist, people at school, the doctor, you know, so it's natural human emotion. Certain stakeholders want certain things to happen because it benefits them. I mean, that's what stakeholders right. are in things for. Right. They, they. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if you do this, then now everything we're supposed to be doing is working. Right. But right now nothing's working. Right, right. So you, you have to just understand, you know, the perspective that somebody's coming from. And so that may not meet what you want for your child as a human being to, alive 24-7. Right. This may help certain stakeholders from like 10 to 2, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. But it may not help the overall what you want for your kid. And that's what you have to, that's what you have to identify. Right. Everybody, you know, it's stakeholders. They want to hold the stake. That's the deal. And so you just as a parent, you have to really get keen on that. And 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 also too, you have to understand it doesn't come from a bad place. It it's, you know, so to everybody else except for you, the parent, this is a career. It's a job. The people at the school, the doctors, the therapist. Everybody, the administration, the board of education, the school board, it's, it's their career, it's their jobs. Yeah. They do it to make money. So you're the only person, the parents in this, not to get a financial reward. Right. You don't have a start time and an end time and collect a predetermined amount of money. Right. So when you understand that, then you have to understand that the perspectives that you get from that are based on it's their career. I think that for me makes things a lot easier to understand. I've actually kind of always been that in life when people have told me things or given me advice or whatever. I always say, well, what could your stake in this be? Right. You, you, you know, and, and it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that there are other reasons for, for this advice or this or your advice has been influenced by other reasons. Right. So, yeah. It, and I think the biggest thing is Cal does not just have autism. Um, so this is just going out to all the other parents, too. He has global developmental delay. So just understand your child and where they're at because he's not six. He's six on paper. Yeah. But developmentally, he's three. And so I just have to keep reminding everyone he's three. Three-year-olds pull hair. Three-year-olds don't like to be told no, you know? They throw things when they're mad. Yeah, That's they what do. three-year-olds do. I mean, you know, we've had a bunch of three-year-olds. We, we have, and now we've had one for a really long time. Right, and yes, now we have a three-year-old for three years of a three-year-old, or, right. you know, whatever. But but I think we're getting to the four-year-old age. Thank goodness. <laughs> Let's a, get over this hump. There is some wood in our studio. 
And I am knocking on it. So. Yeah. No, I hope so too. Uh, want to say thank you to Angel Sense, one of our great partners. This is assistive technology, and it is about as modern as modern technology gets. This Angel Sense uh, device. They have multiple devices, right? So we've got uh, two. We've got the Angel Sense watch, and then we have the Angel Sense, um, the smaller device, which can go into a pocket or a backpack. You can go to angelsense.com. I was talking last week on our podcast how I was so impressed that I can get on the Angel Sense app with the device sitting next to me, and I get this satellite view of the exact room I'm sitting in in my house. Like, I see our pool, I see our cars, I see our trees, and then the Angel Sense goes through the roof and is like my little blinking beacon. And I I'm love like, it. Wow. And so we can see Cal wherever he is, but that's not it. It's we can tap in and listen to his environment. We can tap in and talk to him. He can also respond to us. So talk to a lot of parents are concerned about their kids on transportation, you know, buses to schools, buses to certain uh, certain therapy centers. It really is something that's become a big deal in the news. And imagine if you, and it also, I should mention, and this is really good probably, you know, for kids older than Cal or a little more function, it has an SOS button. So if the child feels like they're concerned, they're scared, something has happened, they can hit it, you're immediately notified on your phone, and you immediately get their location. It also has a first responder setting. Let's say you look and you see this is not where my child's supposed to be, or my child is going in a direction they're not supposed to be. You can hit a first responder, and um, the people who you've acknowledged as first responders will get a text. So let's say you're home with you're at home and you have a babysitter, just a, a random scenario, and you say, "Is my child at the front door? Is my whoa? Is my child on the doorstep? Are they on the driveway?" First responder button. All of your neighbors will get it. People can run out immediately and help. No, oh, I um, love that. And they get yeah, they get they get transmitted the um, the coordinates and everything like that. So, angelsense.com. It's really I was absolutely blown away at the technology. Something I highly recommend. And again, also for older, you know, kids with autism. So basically, you know, young adults with autism. They've got this watch. It's really cool. Um, might be a great thing for parents who are kind of exploring with. My child's going to have their first job soon, or my child's going to be at a at a place with other kids unsupervised, you know, or maybe the supervision is somebody, it's one person to 10, and you're a little worried about the ratio. You've got this watch, and it does the same thing. Angelsense.com, really, really cool products. I wanted to talk real quick, and we brushed on it, of the multiple schedules, and, the, and really this, this is for parents who probably are feeling, oh gosh, another change in our day. Like, how many multiple changes have we had since Cal's been doing therapy, going to school? Because it's like, all right, here's the schedule Monday. Here's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We even do Saturday therapy sometimes. I mean, it's in the thousands at this point, right? Oh, yeah. And it's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> As we, It's actually happening in real time. Like I'm sure you... <laughs> your text messages are going off and being like, well, we can't do today, but we can do tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and you said quarterly schedule just change, and it's more than that now. You know? Well, th this is back to how do special needs parents keep a full-time, traditional 9 to 5, 40-hour-a-week full-time job? I, I mean, it's to me, it's impossible. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, luckily, we're very flexible. You know, we schedule people on our time, like how we can fit them in. Thank goodness. Yeah, but that, by the way, didn't happen overnight. I mean, we had to go through a lot of, you know... You know, we just, what are we going to do? I mean, how are we going to raise a family without being able to have a full-time salary job? 
Yeah, you career know, change. My whole world was a full-time salary job. I mean, that's all I've ever known. Right. Um, so, you know, th- those were a lot of nights just kind of staring at the wall going, what do we do? I think it took us a good year to figure it out. I, yeah, and that's just to figure it out. Like like putting it together and making it work, that's a totally different story, right? Like, oh, totally. It was a year to like make the plan, and then after a year of doing that, you're just beat down and busted up and exhausted. And then you're like, okay, now we got to put it in motion, which is a billion times harder than making the plan. I mean, as it should be. Yeah. But goodness. Yeah. You got to show up. You got to show up. But yeah, I just bring that up because, you know, there's so many, so many people struggling with that of like, okay, I've got my plan down. And then for one reason or another, it could be, it could be a million things. It could be a therapy center closes down. It could be your child's going to public school and it's just not working out. I mean, we've been through all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be you have this great um, therapist and they get pregnant and they're we've going had that happen. We've had, and they're going on maternity leave, <laughs> yep. you know, or a therapist that, you know, I'm getting married and we're moving. <laughs> we've had that happen. You right. know what I mean? It, it just all of that like trickles down. It, it's the domino effect. And so I just I was thinking today, I was like, gosh, I was like, we just I, I had a friend and I was I was talking to him the other day and he's like so you know what's your day-to-day like and I was like I don't know and he's like how's that possible I'm like I, dude I just I don't know I was like the only thing concrete really in our life is what time our other kids have to be at school and what time their games are and their practices are for their assorted sports that they do that's right. really it I mean those are the only things that aren't you know fungible that can't move and, and change you know what I mean so mm-hmm. The other stuff is like, I don't know what our day looks. I mean, I don't know. And you don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen. No. I, I mean, it, it's just, you know, yesterday uh, was going to be, hey, this is a good example. You, you know, the kids' uh, football schedule was out. It's been out for a while, so we know when the games are. Like I said, you were going to go with Cal for the first time this season. And it was a 50-50 chance of rain. Taking him to a new field where the skies could just open up. I mean, we're not going to do that. So it just... You know, yeah. It, the weather, it just you know. Now a nor, uh, you know a typical kid. All right, well it's raining. Here's an umbrella. It's raining a little harder. We're leaving. Because here's the thing. Because I could, I, I know that I say this sometimes. People know like, well, what's wrong with a little rain? That's not that. That's not it. Yeah, he may not like the rain. Here's the flip side. He may love the rain, and we're getting poured on, and we have to leave. There could be lightning and thunder. But people don't understand the other side of it. It's not just that like, he could be scared of rain. He actually loves rain. Um, but he might be like, no, I want the rain. Well, we can't sit out there in a thunderstorm, you know, but that's. <laughs> no, it's true. People always assume, not everybody, but like the soft side of it, you know, oh, rub some dirt in it. It's just a little rain. It's not going to hurt you. Yeah, that's not what I'm worried about, pal. You know what I mean? Right. I'm worried about the flip side of, hey, these thunderstorms are cool, <laughs> you know? Right. And it's like, now we're, you know, now we're out there in the middle of a lightning storm on a flat football field. No bueno. Yeah. So, well, also, I mean, most autism parents can understand he has to be holding my hand or strapped into the wagon. He can't just be walking beside me. No. Like a typical six year old. Yeah. Like that's not happening. It's not happening. He would be running all over the place. Yeah. Um, I want to say uh, hello and thank you to the Lift Academy in Clearwater, Florida. Um, They make these neurodiverse kids priority number one. I want you to visit them at liftfl.org. Look at look at all of their core values. You know, right on their homepage, they talk about bullying, 
Um, they talk about doing this as a team, getting all these kids together. There's some great testimonials, not just from the parents, by the way, the students. And I think that's super impressive. And that shows a pro- the progress uh, and really the overall happiness that these kids have there. Um, there are kids who go up, um, go up the whole line of the Lyft Academy. Um, and then the Lyft Academy even has supports beyond high school. They have kids college age that are going in and uh, doing assorted tasks. And these kids become friends with each other. These students become friends with each other. And also over 95% of their students get help from a scholarship and Lyft can help you with that. LyftFL.org. And I want to mention in about a week, a little over a week, October 23rd, they're having their Lyft, their clubs event. Um, This is obviously a great golf event to help the Lyft Academy. So I invite you to check that out if you if you want to play. I know they've got sponsorships available. LiftFL.org. That is the Lyft Academy. Brand new, big, beautiful campus in Clearwater, Florida. They took over this big YMCA and totally redid it. And it, it is, looks very nice. It and is, the whole Lyft Academy just is like a community. It is. You know, with the children and uh, connecting as friends and all that. Well, and also, too, for parents, you know, I, we've talked to parents who are like, yeah, we, I, we've got some of our greatest friends from our kids going to Lyft together. And they meet people at events. And I think it's really important, too. You know, it's not something you hear about in the public school system a lot, you know, with the, with the ASD classrooms. It's a little more disjointed and you know and that's just kind of public school and whatever it's it's no bad intentions but you really hear about the parents are like yeah some of our greatest friends now are other parents of the lift academy so i think it's kind of cool that that that's kind of a byproduct of what happens there at lift liftfl.org also our friends at the original crabby bills on indian rocks beach y'all it is getting cold in the uh, continental united states i know a lot of people are traveling down to vacation here on the gulf coast of florida the original crabby bills indian rocks beach and of course to so many of our audience so much of our audience here in the tampa bay area uh, they are great supporters of the daily autism platform they are great investors in the community in which they serve they are frequently uh, hosting community events and supporting uh, many people and many partners in this community. I should also mention the grouper is unbelievable. The onion rings are A+, and there's live music every day on the loading dock. So have a great time for uh, a company that uh, supports their partnership. It's just, it, it it's a win-win. I checked the weather this weekend. It looks like a Krabby Bills weekend. Uh, so thank you, the original Krabby Bills on Indian Rocks Beach. Um, I, I do want to mention also uh, Technology North and the CEO, Ling Huang of Technology North, did a great video with Ling. It's on uh, my LinkedIn page, which you can get to at dailyautism.com. But Ling really talks about the difference of actually creating a company that creates an environment for young people on the autism spectrum to go and have meaningful employment and the difference of just being a company and saying, hey, we hired somebody on the autism spectrum. You know, Ling was telling me the story, and he said, my uh, employees, they get here early, and they ask if they can leave late. And I'm like, well, that never happens. <laughs> and, you know, but he's really created an environment. And by the way, it's very sustainable, and it's helping other companies. Technologynorth.net. Um, Ling has done some big things, and he's got a lot, uh, a lot of other big things coming his way. You know, uh, real quick, we've just got a few minutes left. And again, you can connect with us at dailyautism.com. You know, everybody's watching what's happening, the tragedy in Israel and everything. And I, and I always think about when something happens, then I think about, you know, families of autism and just imagining um, 
you know, what's going on in that part of the world, specifically inside Israel and those families in Israel who are going through so much. And inevitably, there's special needs families there who have kids with autism and the bombs and the horror and the fighting. And, and, and you know, I, I wish I had the answers of, of how we just the people here can help. And there's many groups and many organizations. And if you can give to those, there, there, there are groups in the United States going in and helping people with hostage rescues and, and getting out of certain war-torn parts of Israel that were attacked and infiltrated. But I do think about those families who inevitably have kids uh, on the autism spectrum or just special need kids in general and then having to go through this. You I know, can't when, imagine. When 9-11 happened, I didn't think about it. I didn't think about those those families. Um, and, you know, I, I was I was young and I had no experience with autism and child with uh, an autistic child. But boy, I think about that now and I just go, wow, isn't that something? Yeah, it's very sad. And I wish I could, I wish I had a place to direct you to that we could fix this and, and fix that situation there, especially for these families. I don't, I just throw it out there because it was just something I was thinking about a lot this week and going, wow, unbelievable. Aww. Just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, all right. Like we said, we are online 24 7 at dailyautism.com where we frequently post videos. Um, and uh, a variety of other contents. Also, our autism hotline, which you can get at dailyautism.com. Very active on our Facebook channels and our TikTok channel, which has really uh, gotten to a point where it's uh, it's uh, we're creating a lot of new a lot of new uh, relationships on there and talking with a uh, with with a lot of people. It's been really cool. The LinkedIn newsletter. It's uh, LinkedIn's only biweekly autism newsletter. And again, you can link to all of that there at dailyautism.com. I got to say thank you, too, to our friends at Fun Factory Sensory Gym. If you want to see the coolest designs bringing these outside sensory experiences inside, funfactorysensorygym.com. Uh, they're a great follow on social media. If you're a therapy center, they do this inside homes, residentially. They they turn these spaces, these these rooms, into like an unbelievable experience. It's some of the coolest stuff you'll ever see. It really is. I feel great for the autistic kids, but I can't lie. I'm a little jealous. I would love to have a room like this. I know. I feel the same way. Yeah. Great follow. Great people. Great mission. And they create great environments there. Again, funfactorysensorygym.com. All right. Well, that's another show. And we will see you online, like we said, 24-7, dailyautism.com.